All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 24, and I'm going to start a series for the next couple of Sundays on uh, how to raise children that serve the Lord. How about that? What a song, amen? That love God and serve the Lord. How to raise children, and I know you're supposed to rear children and raise cattle, but I just say raise children. But um, I got this poem I wanted to read you for while you're finding Proverbs 24, and we'll stay in Proverbs most of the evening. And I will not preach the whole message I had intended, or you would be here for about uh, 45 more minutes, so I'm just going to cut it short since we've had such a good long song uh, testimony service. Thank God for mother's love. There is no love like mother's love, no strong bond on earth like the precious bond that comes from God to a mother when she gives birth. A mother's love is forever strong, never changing for all time. And when her children need her most, a mother's love will shine. God bless these special mothers, God bless them everyone, for all the tears and heartache and for the special work they've done. When her days on earth are over, a mother's love lives on through many generations with God's blessing on each one. Be thankful for our mother, for they love with a higher love from the power of God has given and the strength from up above. I think that poem really tells the truth. Without God's love, a mother can't love. But with God's love, in the vessel of mother, it's such a wonderful thing to have the love of God touch your life, yes, through your mate, yes, through your children, but there's something special about the vessel called mother. Proverbs chapter 24, how to raise children who serve the Lord. I'm amazed by that song. And how God orchestrates a service. How many are too cold in here? Raise your hand. You may be too cold. Okay, we need to uh, some calm this air conditioner down because I'm real comfortable, so I knew you was probably too cold. We want you all to be right at home uh, in your com- comfort. So somebody uh, turn down this, this one or turn it up one, amen, to 70. The thermostat, that thermostat committee can move at any time. Okay, maybe during prayers when you'll move. I don't know, but amen. Benny's got the only guts to move, amen. So amen, praise the Lord. Okay, let's stand on to the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. I think this unit's on about freezing, and so we need to turn it up a little bit. Deuteronomy 24, verse 3 and 4. This, these two verses started a Sunday school lesson. Uh, excuse me, Proverbs, I'm sorry. Proverbs. It's been a long life. This is 45 years of preaching, Amen. You know what amazes me? It never gets uh, boring, never gets tired, and sometimes I get uh, a little slower, but I don't dread preaching. I love it. I love it. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. These two verses started the home improvement class that we had for several years, and we used to have a lot of people in that home improvement class. It says, Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for <clears throat> the pleasant and precious riches that only you can give us in our home. God, a lot of people have houses, but not many people in this world have homes. And Lord, every once in a while we hear about a great home and we rejoice in it. But almost every day we hear about another home breaking up. 
We hear about rebellious children. We hear about children shaming their mother. We hear about husbands and wives walking off in separate directions. And there's the children wondering what happened. So Lord, help us as we preach on the home for a couple of Sunday nights, especially on how to rear godly children that love you and that serve you. And Lord, we know it's all because of your wisdom and your grace and your strength that we can do that. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You know, God thought of the idea of marriage. He created male and female. I don't believe he created male to be with male and females to be with females. I believe that's an abomination and a sick sin. And Hollywood has an agenda, and that's why I don't like to uh, promote Hollywood one bit. They have an agenda not only of divorce, but they have an agenda of deprivation, of being deprived. Um, It's a rebellion against a living God. And they promote that in most movies, most most, movies. Uh, series, uh, somewhere, somehow, they're going to throw in their homosexual um, agenda, they're going to throw in their transgender agenda, and I don't know why they want to promote that filth and that smut, but I don't like it, and I know God don't like it, it don't matter if we like it or not, we know God doesn't like it, but we ought to have some wisdom in raising our children. And you know, one of the greatest joys of my ministry has been my four children. Uh, my grandchildren, uh, that they want to serve the Lord and they're willing to be on the mission field. Uh, they're willing to uh, take in children in their homes. And uh, uh, I just got a text from Steph. She said, pray that God would make a way. Uh, she's always doing something, but you know, and uh, she's, got, um, she's got her mother's big heart and her daddy's big mouth. And uh, and, and uh, you know, she's always trying to do something. And when she was a kid, we wondered if, if she's going to settle down. But uh, thank God for her compassion that makes a difference. And then uh, Stephen's call last night, and of course Jason's steadfastness and faithfulness. I love working with him, love uh, serving the Lord. And then Amy's always calling and encouraging Mama. And it's just a joy. It's just a joy. It was almost late for Sunday school uh, with all the kids calling from um, South Africa, wishing, thank God for... Thank God for the internet. Thank God for, uh, you know, whatever it is. Amen. Uh, 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 they talk with the pictures, you know, and the movies and videos. Um, uh, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. When they first went to South America, it cost $7.29 per minute to talk to Amy. I tell you what, I had a heart attack every time they started talking. <laughs> one time one time, I made the mistake of getting my watch out and going like this, you know. Ooh, I don't. I didn't do that again, but, uh, you know, $7.29 uh, per minute, amen, and thank God it's free now, I, I guess, iPhone to iPhone, hallelujah, but you know something, it brings great joy to my heart. I'd like to share some principles in the next couple of Sunday nights on making a difference in your ministry and the privilege of being a parent and how to raise children to love and serve God. Love and serve God. I want to get to uh, one of the points that I believe is missing. That's point eight, but I won't get there on discipline. The Bible admonishes us to discipline our children. Matter of fact, it says you'll send them to hell if you don't. Proverbs 23, verse 15. It's right next door. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart, 
shall rejoice even mine. But verse 14 says, Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. Now, does that mean that you beat him out of hell? No, that doesn't mean that at all. Uh, it means that you, when you discipline a child, you teach them this, this lesson. I'll give you point eight, just a preview. You teach them that the wage of sin is a lot of trouble. You teach them that the consequences of sin is far worse than the pleasure of sin for a season. That's why your discipline ought to vary. It shouldn't be the same all the time. You shouldn't get mad and hit them with a flip-flop. Say amen. Uh, you shouldn't lose your temper. There's one place you ought to spank a child, and that's in the seat of learning where it's padded. Say amen. I mean, this is deep, isn't it? Praise God. Y'all go home and say you heard some preaching tonight. Amen. All the young people are going to stomp out and say, I don't like it. I don't care if you like it or not. You're going to hear it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm tough up here, I'll tell you what. But anyway, uh, but you know, that's what that verse means. It means, listen, you teach them to respect holy things. And folks, you discipline your children when they don't listen in, in, in church. You don't let them have their little iPhones playing their little games while I'm trying to preach. That's, that's absurd. That's disrespectful. That all not happen in the house of God. Amen. Little cell phones. I mean, Snapchat and all this other junk. Uh, do that other times, but don't do it in the house of God. Stay in the text. Amen. And if a parent lets you do that, then the parent needs the spanking first. Amen. I'm going to do it. No, not really. But uh, <laughs> again, I'm tough up here. But anyway, um, we got a problem when we don't teach our children to respect things that are holy because then they go to hell. And that's what that verse says. Look at it. That thou shalt beat him with a rod, and thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. I often look at that verse and say, what in the world does that mean? It means this. You teach them there's a wage of sin. When you teach them there's a wage of, a wage of sin, guess what? They get saved. If they get saved, they're not going to hell. They're going to heaven. Say amen. That's just some simple, not cofield theology. That is biblical wisdom. It's from the Word of God. So I'm going to give you several verses, not just on discipline, but uh, from the book of Proverbs on uh, how to uh, raise your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord to love God and to want to serve Him. Want to serve Him. We have, a, we have a problem today in teenagers growing up too quick and then leaving the church after they graduate. And I want to tell you something, friend. Tramp a child the way he should go when he's old and not depart from it. That means you have to start early and be consistent the whole way or you'll lose them. Because, you know, the problem is today there is our onslaught of antichrist spirit out in this world. So go ahead and quit, but you're going to take your children down with you. Go ahead, mama, and just say, I, 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 can't, I can't be faithful, and you're going to take your children with you down the tubes, down the drain, down the whirlpool of sin, because it is out there. There is a big movement in the high schools in Whitfield County to be a lesbian. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't believe that. Well, wake up and smell the roses. And, or, or, or go ahead and pluck your thumb on the, on, the, on the briar, it's out there. There's a big movement today to be a homosexual. There's a big movement of being disrespectful and not loving mama and daddy and talking back and being a rebel. And it's not cool to be an obedient, submissive child anymore. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It might not be cool, but I want to tell you something. 
It's what God wants, and He will bless you. And you will reap what you sow, children. If you disrespect your children, you will probably, you will probably raise up a bunch of hellions that will disrespect you ten times more. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. And so I want to give you a real nice, peaceful, little respectful, sweet sermon on wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom builds your house and understanding establishes it. See, wisdom is seeing this world through God's eyes. Wisdom, Jochebed, is seeing Moses through God's eyes. Wisdom is seeing that God can do more through you than you can do without God. You cannot raise children. How many of you have teenagers? Raise your hand. Is it a challenge? Yes, it's a challenge. How many have toddlers? Raise your hand. Is it a challenge? It is a challenge. I have a grandson. It's a challenge to keep up with him. I'm going to tell you something. I think he is going to be a fireman or a first offender. I mean, a first uh, a responder. <laughs> he might be a first offender too, amen. Uh, but I hope he gets off. But, I, you know, and I mean, he will climb things. He flipped up his bed the other day twice, and it's a bunk bed because it had rails across it. It looked like a ladder to him, and he climbed that up, climbed that up to the top. And when I came to the room, he was hanging by one, one, one arm saying, Hey, Papa, this is fun. I said, You're going to break your neck, son. Get down. Wild child, amen. I respect my daughter-in-law more every time I see her after I keep him about five hours. Then I turn him over to Mimi, amen, she can control him. But folks, listen, I'm just having fun, but I'm just telling you this, friend. Wisdom establishes. Wisdom is, is, is trying to keep up with a child that's not afraid of nothing. So folks, whether you got teenagers, toddlers, or they've done grown up, I want to tell you something, without God, you cannot be a good parent. That's what this is saying. And it says, by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with, uh, listen to this now, with precious and pleasant riches. What is that? That is things that money cannot buy. Folks, you cannot buy the, 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 the joy of a child loving and fearing God. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Folks, you cannot buy the joy of a child growing up making decisions based on biblical principles. You can't buy it. It's precious. And folks, there's no greater heartache than when your child loses interest in the things of God. Goes off and married some heathen because he looked good or he makes a lot of money. And then she, he walks off and leaves her and is unfaithful. And you just have to shake your head and say, oh God, where did I go wrong? Well, maybe you didn't go wrong. But I want to say this, friend, God's word will never go wrong. The wise counsel, make thy war in the multitude of counselors, there is safety, the Bible says. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He opens not his mouth, verse Verse uh, 7, he that devises do evil shall be called a mischievous person. The thought of foolishness is sin, and a scorner is abomination to man. Folks, I want to just say this. Wisdom is knowing that sin is exceedingly sinful. Wisdom seeing the end of sin before you get there. Proverbs 4.29 says, ponder the path of your feet. That means 
Find out where the bus is going before it gets there. And I know I'm wearing that out, but I'm going to say this, friend. I, I thank God for teenagers and young adults that know that they're establishing a home for God's glory and they can't go there. Folks, I want to tell you something. Divorce hurts. Rebellious children hurt. Drug addiction hurts. Visiting your children in a jail or institute hurts. Having your children commit suicide would really be unbelievably hurtful. But it can happen if you leave out wisdom. There's peace. Number one, you can create peaceful and respectful atmosphere in your home. The love of God, the, no, the wisdom of God creates a peaceful and respectful atmosphere in your home. It's probably the only point I get to, but I want you to turn to Proverbs 15, verse 16 through 18. Some people have been asking for this series for a long time about raising children, so here it is. I'm not going to hold back anymore because everybody needs it, including me. I'm still, I don't have any children children at home, but I got some grandchildren that like to come a lot, and I sure want to be a good influence to them. Chapter 15, verse 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therein. Better is the dinner of herbs where, where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger pleaseth strife. Let me say, first of all, folks, Wisdom, seeing the end of sin, seeing that God's the only one that can control the heart, and seeing that uh, it's wise to seek God's will and know God's will and, and be excited about God's will and, and, uh, and live in God's will, it brings an atmosphere of peace and respect. The fear of the Lord and contentment is the first blessing a home like that. The fear of the Lord and contentment. Look at verse 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therewith. I, I, I challenge you to do this, parents. I challenge you to have a Bible study with your family, men and ladies, and your children, and look up every reference to the fear of God in the book of, of, of Wisdom, Proverbs. It will change your life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, the Bible says. The fear of the Lord brings honor and riches. Uh, look at uh, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 4 real quick. Proverbs 22 verse 4, it says, uh, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and what? Life. I, I just want to say this, and, and I, I won't preach long, I promise you. Life's too short to have an unhappy home. Life's too short to be depressed every time you go home. Life's too short to argue and fuss and slap and cuss in the home. You don't think Christians do that, but they do. Life's too short to have rebellious children that won't obey. Say amen right there. And life is definitely too short to have no respect for anybody in the home. Because there's no respect for God Almighty. And you can marry into that if you want to, young ladies. But I'm going to tell you something. Your life will be horrendous. 
I talked to a, a young lady just recently and said, I settled. I settled. I was lonely. I was 37. I settled. And now my life is hell on this earth. My life is threatened. My life is a, a heartache and a pain. My life is so lonely. I settled, preacher. I settled. Folks, don't settle for anything less than the wisdom and the grace of God in your home. It creates an atmosphere of the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? He's there. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. I was noticing um, after I called on Brother Wesley to pray how many smiles it brought upon uh, people's face at your honesty and openness to ask me. I said, well, how many Wesleys do we have? Amen. And I apologize for catching him off guard, but, but Matthew's smile invigorated me. I don't know if he was laughing at Wesley or he just, he hadn't stopped smiling all the service. I said, praise God, thank you, you've encouraged me. Because I don't look at all smiles out there, amen? But I want to tell you something, it'll do the same thing for your home, say amen. Come on. I mean, you go home and, and there's an atmosphere of God. God is here. Not Hollywood. Not some movie blaring on the TV. You know, it's amazing that most Americans turn on the TV just for the sound of it. And they blare it. And nobody can say, what? Where's the, com I said, where is the changer or the remote? Amen. <laughs> Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's deep, isn't it? You start fussing. Who hid the remote? What? I said, who hid the remote? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'll tell you what, some dogs ha dog houses are more uh, peaceful than some homes. Say amen. <laughs> I got two dogs and they get along real well. They love each other. I've been praying for one to die for about 30 years. They ain't died yet. It's been five years. Oh, I'm in trouble now. I can tell oh, oh. I'm only kidding, honey. I want that egg sandwich when I get home. But listen. Folks, the fear of the Lord brings happiness. The fear of the Lord brings joy. The fear of the Lord doesn't entangle you in the things of life. It's, it's described as the fountain of life. I'll give you all the verses next week. We ain't got time to get into about 30 of them, but I'll just give you a few. Folks, it's just practicing the presence of God. And when you know Jesus is in the presence, you act like you're in church almost at home. There's rejoicing, there's kindness, there's politeness, there's concern, there's character. There's communication. There's even some prayer. Amen. And it's not flare prayers. It's not form prayers. I forget one time I got in the car and was in a big hurry and Boots had got out and I was in the flesh because the cat that I just didn't really love like I should got out and I had to get him because the girls were crying and the boys were rejoicing. And I got in the car and I said, oh, we're late, we're... When I, think, I think I was going preaching in Cartersville somewhere. Got a ticket, too, on the way down there. And I remember I jerked it in reverse, got halfway up the, up the driveway, and, and they said, Daddy, Daddy. I thought, what? Did I hit him? Did he get out again? <laughs> I said, no, Daddy, Daddy. We didn't pray. I said, what? We didn't pray. I bowed my head real quick. And I said, Lord, thank you for this food that we're about to eat. <laughs> The kids said, Daddy, we're not eating. You're driving. We need prayer. Amen. 
We go through the forms, don't we? Come on, say amen. We go through the forms. Man, I, I did more praying than a man of the moon. I was praying for the food, and we wasn't even, pray, we wasn't even eating. They wanted me to pray because I was driving. They're very wise children. But folks, the fear of God is knowing that He really is real. And let me tell you another thing about the fear of God. It's knowing He's really right. That He has a standard. He has an absolute truth. It's the Word of God. It's the manual for marriage. It's the manual for child rearing. I'll be correct on my English. And so, when you create a place of peaceful and respectful atmosphere, number one, it's a place of the fear of the Lord and contentment. Verse 16 of Proverbs 15. Then also, number two, it's a place of love. Look at Proverbs 15, 17. Proverbs 15, 17. The Bible says this, Better is the dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Now, stalled ox was like filet mignon. Amen? I mean, it was the top of the line. Say amen. Yesterday, I thought I'd be real nice on Mother's Day Eve because I didn't think we'd eat out because I hate eating out on Mother's Day because of crowded restaurants. I, I don't like crowds except in church. And um, we went by this place called Golden Corral. And as I walked in, I said, I'm on a diet. <laughs> and then I corrected myself and I said, I was on a diet. <laughs> and I mean, this guy, I said, I want a medium rare because it, it was the evening buffet where they really put it on you. And this guy didn't even cut this piece about this big. He just slapped it on the top of my my plate. I smile all the way to the table. <laughs> Got there, and Brother Chris, I know why he gave me the whole thing. It was 100% pure certified fat. There wasn't a piece of lean meat in it. And then I finally got to the part where it was uh, uh, rare. It was like Pappy used to like it flopping on the table. Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca can't even, couldn't even watch Pappy eat. I mean, he liked it, he liked it alive and in color. Amen. She likes it done and burnt. She wouldn't even look at him when she ate. He ate. It's funny. I like to sit them across each other and watch them. But, uh, you know, the Bible says no matter what kind of food you have or what kind of atmosphere or what kind of paints on the wall or furniture's on the floor, no matter how many cars you got in the garage, you need love. Just need love. I feel so sorry for families that don't have love. They've never known love. They've never felt love. They don't even know how to love because they've never had it. And I want to tell you something. There's thousands and thousands of children that are in houses like that. I don't call them homes. Because the fear of God is missing. But the love of God is missing. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I've got a couple of minutes and i just got to read this because I believe this describes the world's greatest undertaking. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now these are the commandments, verse 1, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you. Now listen to this. Establish in a nation that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. Oh man. Here they are. They're going to possess the land of milk and honey. I mean, it's going to be flowing with grapes 
of Esther, it's going, to be, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be blessed. But he said this, it won't be much of a blessing if all you have is milk and honey and grapes and all the things that the land can offer. He said that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. First thing. He said if you're going to have a, a nation, you're going to have a home, you're going to have a great nation, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statues. Y'all with me now? Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 2. I want you to underline a few things. It says, Keep all the statues and his commandments which I command thee. You know, friends, somewhere, somehow, we've got to get back to the Bible. We've got to get back to a revolution, back to the Bible. I finally uh, booked Dr. Clarence Sexton to come in August. He's been very sick, got rods up his back, can't hardly move, but he remembered that time he came to Awesome Preacher in August and that children's choir from that school sang. He says, I'll be there. I'll, uh, just pray I can be there. And I will tell you something, friend. I think about one time he did a pastor school and he said it's a revolution back to the Bible. And it is a revolution. Because I'm going to tell you something. The rebellion is back to humanism. The rebellion is do what feels good. The rebellion is I don't need God. And that's how the houses are being established in the nation that was founded on God. Let me just hurry now. My time's up. It says, I command, it says, verse 2, let me read it again. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God and keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son. It's not a marathon, it's a relay race. All the days of thy life, day by day, and that thy days may be prolonged. But look at verse 3. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. It's one thing to say it and hear it. It's another thing to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. See, the land flowing with milk and honey is no avail unless the homes filled with milk and honey. Fear of God and love. But I want you to see this, and I'll close, I promise you. One more little sub-point, and I'll close. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. That's the fear of God. He is God, and He's God alone, and He's enough, and He is right all the time. He's a holy God. He's an almighty God that thought of marriage, that thought of bearing children, a thought of family, and here's the rules. And he has a right to give them. He says, and thou shalt love the Lord, thy God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. It's a heart relationship. That's why you better not marry somebody that has a dark heart. A sinful heart. It says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. Thou shalt be a frontless between thine eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. 
And it shall be when thou, Lord thy God, shall have brought thee into the land which thou swear unto the fathers of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord that brought thee out of that brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Then it seems like he almost repeats himself and says, And thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and thou shalt swear by his name. Folks, this text is saying this that you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. That you put his word up on the wall, that you put the word on the frontlets of your eyes and between thine eyes and write them upon the posts of the house. It's creating an atmosphere of peace and respect, but creating an atmosphere of the fear of the Lord and contentment, but creating an atmosphere of love. Love number one for God. Love number two for each other. Number three, love for the things of God. I love it when I sense that my children have an appetite for the things of God. That they want to go to church. That they want to serve on staff with Debbie. That they want to play the piano five hours while, while we all testify. That they want to keep the nursery. That they want to do something for God. It thrills my heart. And it all starts in the home. Let me give you one more verse, Proverbs 15, verse 18. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Cut off. Excuse me. Proverbs 15. And look at verse 18. You're in the wrong chapter. Proverbs 15, verse 18. It says, number one, better is a little with the fear of the Lord and great treasures and trouble therein. And then it says, better is the dinner of herbs where love is. So you got fear of the Lord, love, and a stalled ox and hatred therein. It be a stake that's big, but if it's not uh, around a happy home and a loving home, it's just all fat. But look at verse 18. It says this, And a wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger pleases strife. Number one, if you want to create a peaceful and respectful atmosphere in your home, it needs to be an atmosphere of the fear of the Lord and contentment. Verse 16. It needs to be an atmosphere of love, verse 17. And it needs to be an atmosphere, here we go, of forgiveness and peace. How many people you know have wrecked their children's lives because they got bitter at their mate? Oh, yes, they won the argument, but they lost the child. Oh, yes. They got their way, but then they looked and their children were out of the way. See, friend, if we're going to have a home that's full of love and peace and respect, we need to be humble enough to say, honey, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And your children 
you'll see a pattern that reminds them a whole lot of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it'll, it'll, it'll give them the desire one day to be tender-hearted and forgiving as Christ and as their parents forgave them. Yes, discipline, I'll get into that. Praise God, after they get right with God, spend time with them and love them. Folks, I don't know about you, but I believe we're losing the battle. I believe the devil's getting the upper hand in the United States of America. I believe he's destroying America. One home at a time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this introduction to this message. At least I got through point one. And God, I want you to use this series to help us all to be better parents, better grandparents, better examples. Oh God, to have a home that's full of wisdom and riches and honor. And Lord, I believe it all starts with humility. We need you. We need your presence. We need your word more than we need the TV. We need your word more than we need entertainment. We, lead, we need your word more than treasures. Because, Lord, you'll fill our lives, you said, with treasures, precious treasures, treasures that cannot be bought and treasures that cannot be lost to this world because we build our house upon wisdom and understanding. So, Lord, please help us. Lord, time's running out. Our kids are growing up so fast we can't keep up with them. They'll be out of the house soon. And only what's done for your glory, through love, in the atmosphere of the fear of God, will make a lasting impression on them. And Lord, I pray that we can pass on a peaceful and respectful home to our children, that they might have a good pattern and they might have a good atmosphere in their home where they can enjoy riches, honor, and life.